Alan from the back when we need to the front when we actually need them at the back at the same time. So uh, sorry about that, guys. Hope you're okay up there. So summertime's coming to an end already. A little bit longer to go. Schools are nearly back. In fact, um, yeah, some of the schools go back this week, don't they? And uh, the kids are getting ready for that. They've done their exams. Next batch of exam results are in. Congratulations to those who did GCSEs. We've congratulated the A-level students, but congrats to those who've all done GCSEs. Uh, amazing results coming in. And just it's all kind of getting back for the new term starting. I hope you've enjoyed your summer so far. There's still a bit more to come. It's still bank holiday tomorrow, and the weather's looking okay. Uh, it should be sunny. There's no rain forecast for here, so that's good. And uh, there's a little bit more opportunity to enjoy yourselves. I hope you've enjoyed a bit of a change of pace over these last few weeks. Maybe it's made no difference whatsoever. But just perhaps it's, it's given you an opportunity for a change of pace. And maybe you've had an opportunity to catch up with some people that you don't normally catch up with, to spend time with some friends or perhaps with some family. I want to talk about uh, the friends and sort of traveling companions we make um, today. And I just want to encourage you to, to be a good friend and make good friends. Good friends add such incredible value to our lives. And we don't often speak about this, um, but it's something that's just so incredible incredibly valuable. This last week, Judith and I um, met up with some friends of ours who we've known for over 20 years. It's been a long time. And uh, they were recommended to us, or we were put together by a mutual friend who reckoned that that we might get on together. And uh, over 20 years, we've been good friends. They're missionaries in Japan uh, now. Uh, We don't see them very often. We used to spend quite a bit of time with them, um, but we only see them every few years now. Um, But we managed to catch up this week and it was just wonderful to catch up with these, these folk again, these, our friends, and to hear their stories of what God's doing in their lives, to, yeah, just to spend time with them. But do you know what? I came away from that time feeling enriched. I came away thinking, it wasn't just a good time, but I came away thinking, you know, I've been stretched. Uh, I've taken on board some new thinking. I've taken, been challenged. I've been encouraged. It was just a rich time, a good time. Uh, and we thank God for that time. We thank God for those friends. And I want to talk a little bit today about the importance of friends and, and what Proverbs says. We're looking at wisdom for these three weeks, and this is the last one of this series. I want to talk about what the Word of God has to say about the friends that we make. Uh, very simply, the Bible is full of stories of friendships and relationships. It's, uh, God is a relational God, and he made us to be in relationship with each other. He made us to connect with other people and to, to not try and do faith on our own. You know, none of us are called to, to walk our own little route that doesn't involve anybody else. We're meant to be connected together. Alan used the illustration just a minute ago of, of Paul from uh, 1 Corinthians and from Romans talking about the body, the image of the body, where actually we, we need each other, we depend on each other, and there are different gifts with, which have a different role to play. That's really important. Jesus, in his ministry, identifies with all sorts of people and actually calls people friends. I find that mind-blowing. The Son of God would call people his friends. He speaks about Lazarus, who's just died, and he gets the news, and he talks about his friend, Lazarus. What would that be like to be Jesus' friend? Wouldn't it be amazing to just be able to hang out like we did with our friends this last week, just to be able to hang out with Jesus and be challenged by him and and to, to, to walk with him, to share life with him? That would be amazing. He calls the disciples friends, and 
We know that we too who follow him are called friends of God. It's, it's just an incredible thought. Today I want to look at Proverbs. As I said, there's a lot of wisdom in this book, observational wisdom, and it's got a lot to say. And I just want to choose a couple of key thoughts really from this book today. And this is the first one. Choose your friends. Uh, The verse says this, The righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. This verse shows us that we can actually choose our friends. It might seem a little bit odd, this, because, you know, most of the friends we've got, sort of we kind of imagine it happened by accident. Because you don't necessarily kind of plan your friendships, do you? You just end up in the same place, and you might be a workplace, or, uh, you know, and you kind of chat to people, and it just kind of emerges that you get on with people, and you hang out with them a bit more, and you keep in touch. You don't normally strategically plan your friendships. That would seem a bit creepy in some ways, a bit stalkerish, perhaps, but But Proverbs is actually saying the righteous choose their friends carefully and the way of the wicked leads them astray. Firstly, I want to say this. Actually, it's a good thing to choose some friends. That it's very, very easy to be isolated. And busyness does that for us. Tiredness does that for us. Exhaustion does that for us. It's it's so easy to just isolate ourselves doing stuff. I know this myself. And I can get busy, busy, busy. And some of you will be the same. And suddenly you realize that you've been busy on your own and that you're kind of living in a little, little bubble of activity that doesn't necessarily connect with anybody else, and that's not healthy. No one needs to be isolated. And in life we see that many, too many people are alone. It's not always the obvious people. Sometimes it's the most gregarious people who look like they're the liveliest life and soul of the party, actually, who are alone at home. Sometimes it's the most intellectual, the brightest, the sharpest, those with the most going for them, and yet people end up isolated and alone. And if that's you, I encourage you to take a change of path. Last week we were looking at how uh, Proverbs talks about uh, how we need to make decisions, the right decisions, and how those decisions actually are a path that we walk along, that each decision isn't isolated just on its own, but actually they all connect together and end up being a path that we travel on, sometimes taking us to a destination that we didn't want to go to. We're going to come more to that in just a moment, but if you found yourself being isolated, change path. Just make a decision to say, I don't want to live this life, I want to change path and do something about it. Andy highlighted the opportunity for life groups. It's not only for those who are isolated, but it's a great cure for isolation to get in a life group. It's for everybody. I'd love it if every single person who is connected with the church was in a life group. Why? Because we're meant to be doing faith together and sharing this experience to get serious together and growing together. We'll grow faster. That wildfire will spread quicker. We'll grow deeper in God, deeper in relationship. And more people will be impacted if we're not trying to do faith on our own. So take the booklet, get in a life group, go for it. Or sign up to something to volunteer, to join in. You know, many of us have found that one of the greatest ways to make new contacts and bump into people that you didn't know you'd get on with is to sign up to volunteer for something. There's nothing like working together to put you alongside people uh, where you can make new friends in a a really good way. So have a go. Even if you've been tired and, and you're aware that it takes some cost of your time to commit to these things, do it anyway because some of us have been tired for a long time. And it's not changing by being isolated. 
Actually, the solution is to get out and be with some people. Secondly, just on this point, if you're choosing, it means that you don't have to be friends with everyone. Jesus says, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. But I think it's possible to love people but not necessarily be friends with them in the way that Proverbs is talking about. And we'll, we'll show you why. I'll show you why in just a moment. Thirdly, this sense of choosing your friends, as the righteous do, they choose their friends carefully, means that it's, it implies reviewing the friends that you've got. I think that means being thankful for the people that God has put in your life, but actually taking a review and saying, well, I might need to make some new choices for the future. And I wanted to show you why, from this verse, why we might need to make some new choices. You see, our friends are not just friends. They're also our traveling companions. When we talked about the path last week, when I looked at that, we could see that the choices we make take us to destinations that we don't necessarily plan to go. And it's important to set out on the right course and check that the path we're on is going to get us to where we want to go. Well, so we see in this verse that actually the way of the wicked leads them, ast- leads them astray. That if you're walking with people who are wicked, if you're walking with people who've set their, their hearts away from God, you will end up walking with them. You'll be their traveling companion and they'll take you to destinations that you didn't want to go. But it says the righteous choose their friends carefully. There's a connection between the friends we have and the direction we go in. We're influenced by our friends. You know, we had a group called Teen Challenge here a few weeks ago. Some great guys who of finding Jesus, rescuing them from drug addiction, from alcohol addiction, from broken lives. And the guys stood on this stage and told their stories. One of the key principles that Teen Challenge works to is that they've got seven centers across the UK. Uh, They try and encourage people to go from their hometown to a center that's somewhere different from where they live. They, They don't, and they probably won't ever go back to that place either, where they've got friends. Why? Because the lifestyle they've been living, with, with comfort, with friends around them, friends also caught up in alcoholism and drug addiction, friends who are supporting each other and, and kind of doing life together, friends that are sharing experiences together, provide a very comfortable, sustaining environment for life to never be different. And actually those guys need taking from that, putting somewhere else and putting on a different path and walking in a different way And if they were to go back amongst those friends again, they'd end up going back the same way they were on before. Why? Because our friends help set the destination we're on. And we don't always realize this, but that's the truth. Now, that might seem like an extreme case, but it also is true for many of us too. I think the solution to to this, uh, I want to see, is not to abandon necessarily all your friends, but what I hope we take away from today is the thought that maybe God wants us to add a few key people into our lives. I hope we can take away from this today that God wants us to add intentionally some people into our lives as some new traveling companions. So how do we do this? Well, Proverbs has got a long list of people to avoid, and I'm not going to go through all of these, but just some highlights. Firstly, a gossip betrays a confidence, so avoid anyone who talks too much. So that's me, lost all my friends then. Not because I gossip, hopefully, but because I'm talking now and everyone has to, to listen. Uh, do not make friends with a hot-tempered person. Do not associate with one easily angered. Stay away from a fool, for you will not find knowledge on their lips. Well, that seems very sensible, doesn't it? 
stay away from some of those sort of folk. And actually, some of you may be thinking, actually, some of my friends are a bit hot-tempered. And some of them are very foolish. And some of them gossip. Well, maybe you need to review some of the friendships that you have. And Psalms 1 continues in this vein, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers. Why? Because when you don't do those things and walk with those people, you're free to worship God and live for him, and free from having to walk along the paths that they go on. But there's one more verse that I particularly want to focus on today. And it's this. It says, walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. Walk with the wise and become wise. I want us to recognize today from this verse and from the truth of our lives that who we walk with changes us. Who we walk with changes us. When we look at the disciples and Jesus, the time they spent together transformed the disciples. When we look at Paul, who's not God, Jesus is, Paul spends time with people and invests in their lives and they are transformed by that investment of time. Paul always has a traveling companion with him. If you read through the book of Acts, you can see, actually, when you look at the stories that are there, that Paul never goes on his own anywhere. He's always got somebody with him. You might not read about them very much, but if you read carefully in the story at the beginning and the end of the the places he goes, you'll notice that actually there's other people there that have intentionally been brought along by Paul so that he's not on his own. They're with, maybe they've wanted to come, maybe he's invited them, but he's working together with companions who are serving Jesus together. This verse encourages us that we are changed as we spend time with other people. If you start off not particularly wise and you spend time with a lot of wise people, this verse encourages us that you have the potential to become more wise. It's great, isn't it? If you walk with the wise, you become wise. That's brilliant. I love that. It's pictures from a church walk that we did in the summer that Catherine organized for us. And, and I, I, it's me on the left carrying Nat's bag, and I'm stood next to Gareth, who's wiser than I am. So I'm walking with someone wise, and that's good. And it, I enjoyed that walk, to be able to walk alongside people and spend time listening and learning and you know, not just chatting about life, kind of the weather and stuff, but actually having a deeper conversation and learning from people. Gareth, I'm not saying this to embarrass you, but Gareth's a good guy to get alongside. A lot of wisdom, a lot of experience, and I enjoyed the time just walking alongside him. You know, I've found this in life that as I choose to come alongside people who are somewhere I haven't yet been, I grow, and that's a good thing. Uh, I can grow and develop and be shaped. And and this is an incredibly powerful verse. Really is. You see, I want to encourage you today to choose where you want to go in life. And I don't just mean having a nice house and all that sort of stuff, but choose where what the desires God's put in your heart. What is it? What does your life look like? I was describing the path last week, this path that we go on. What's, What's at the end of it? And then once you've got that, image or that thought or that kind of life you want to live, then this verse would encourage us to identify people who are further along that path than you are and get alongside them. And most of us don't do this. To find people who are further along the path that you want to be on and get along 
inside them. You see, often we hang out with our friends, our, our peer group, our, the ones who are just like us and make us feel you know, comfortable. We can relax. And often we share sort of collective desires and hopes. But if I'm honest, sometimes when I'm hanging out with my friends, it's a case that we all want to go in the same, pla- same direction. We all want to go there, but none of us has yet. And so we can encourage one another, but it's sort of, sort of from a point of collective ignorance, really. We're kind of hoping that this is the right way to go, but none of us has been there. But actually, sometimes it's worth breaking out and going, do you know what, I'm going to book an hour with somebody who's been where I want to go and find out, how did you get there? You know, Nat's looking at some courses, Nathaniel, our son's looking at some courses at the moment, and this week, somebody had arranged for us an opportunity to speak to somebody who's now retired from a particular profession, that's the profession that Nathaniel's looking at. And we just kind of booked to see this guy, and it was a bit odd, you know, a 16-year-old and a retired guy chatting together. But actually, reflecting this, it was an incredibly wise thing to do. To be able to get with someone who's got some learning, who's gone further, who can sit and say, this is what it was like for me. This is how it worked. This is what happened. And we could sit and kind of mentally take lots of notes and go, thank you, thank you. And some bits weren't relevant, but some bits were massively helpful. Now, we could have taken Nat to sit with a group of peers, and they could have chatted about what they're going to go, go and do, and Nat would have learned some stuff from that, but, but nothing as wise and as helpful as we learned on that day. Where's all this going? If, you've got a des- if part of your desire is to, to be a great parent for your kids, well, rather than asking your friends who are also parents how they're getting on, why don't you find somebody who's been a good parent, who's much, much further on, and ask them how they got on? Learn from them, not from your peers necessarily, who are kind of, you're all in the same situation, go, how, how do we do this? I don't know. And, and most people who, who've done it well will go, I don't know how I did it either. But get alongside people who are further on than you. If, if you want to be a good friend, find somebody who's great with people. If you want to start a business, find someone who's started a successful business and done it. If you want to walk with God, find someone whose walk with God excites you or stretches you, or scares you. And you think, but that's the way I want to go. Well, get with them and book an hour with them. And have some time with them. Walk with the wise and become wise. Solomon's son in the Bible was a guy called Rehoboam. He came to power. And, you know, Solomon had a great kingdom, but lots of people had been involved in doing lots of work, and they were tired. And the story goes that he wanted some advice. And so he asked the elders, um, what, not me, Andy and Rob, we weren't alive then, um, but asked the elders of the peoples, the older people, the older advisors of his father, what he should do. And they said to him, well, basically you need to give people a break. They're just tired, you know, just, they've worked hard. And that was their sort of wise advice, just, just give them a break. And Solomon asked his peers, his friends, his kind of his peer group, those he felt comfortable with, those who had the same vision and get up and go as him. And they said, no, crush the people. They've got more to give. Come on, squeeze them a bit harder. And so he did. So Rehoboam squeezed them a bit harder and it didn't work out very well. And he should have taken the advice of the older ones who were a step further on, a generation further on, whose perspective was broader, who had walked down the path and who had become wise through experience. There's a lovely verse in the Bible which talks about one generation commending God's works to another. And one of the things I love about this church, of the many things I love about this church, is that we are 
multi-generational. Different generations. And, and I encourage you to stretch out of your generation. If you are younger, look for someone older to learn from. If you're older, look for someone younger who's further ahead on the path to learn from. It's not necessarily linked with age, but I just love the fact that there's different groups of people here who can learn from each other. You know, I'm going to finish this message in a minute because I actually thought it would be a good idea if I'm talking about friendship and journeying together with people to give some space on this bank holiday weekend for us to do that. So rather than me talking, I'm going to wrap it up in just a moment with an application. And we can have coffee a bit earlier, possibly, and you can spend even more time connecting with people who might be further on down the road than you are. I've started to do this, and I don't do this very well, but I've started booking appointments with people who are further on than I am and and traveling to go and see them and say, I need to spend time with you. Can I just have an hour or two hours of your time? And I'm growing as a result, and I encourage you to do the same. Come alongside people who are further than you. So where do we finish with all of this? This thought that if we walk with the wise, we might become wise. And if we hang around with fools, we may end up suffering harm. Well, firstly, this, celebrate your friends. Thank God for those in our lives. Secondly, as I was preparing this message, I believe that God was showing me that some are trying to find your own path. And, and I know I've done this myself. Sometimes it's out of pride. I know it probably is in my case, where actually I don't want to listen to others and I don't want to copy others. I want to do it my own way because that feels like what I should be doing. But actually, in doing that, I become isolated. And in doing that, I have to go through stuff that I wouldn't need to go through if I spoke to other people. So I'd encourage you to not be isolated. You know that story that we hear time and time again of the self-made successful person? It's actually not true. Uh, Not least because we want to say that God has made us what we are. But secondly, because actually behind all of those stories are a whole crowd of folk who are involved in that success story. Everybody you look at and you, you read their story, whether it's a Christian uh, test, book of testimonies you're reading, there's always crowds of people around that individual who've played an important part in getting them to where they are today. And they've just been edited out of the story. And badly edited stories in our hero culture tell us that you have to do it alone when actually God's word tells us that we have to do it together. Thirdly, choose to give up isolation. Fourthly, recognize that our friends are also our traveling companions. And that's a good thing. That means that we get to go places together. That means we get to not only hang out together and feel comfortable together, but we can go on journeys together. We can have adventures together. We can start new stuff, and they'll be with us in it. Alan's asking for people to come and help him with the adventure he's on. He's asking for traveling companions to help him. And and maybe God's placed stuff in your heart and your life, and you think, you know what? I can't help with this project, but I'd love to... I've got another dream to help in our community, to serve people, to, to stretch out with the gospel. I'd love to, and you and your traveling companions can do that too. That's exciting, but it also comes with a recognition that where they're going, we're also going. And that helps us just to focus in today, to decide where is it we want to go, And ensure that the friends we've got with us, the traveling companions we've got, are going to propel us on towards that. You know, all of this could make you think that you've got to abandon everybody you've ever known and only go for those who are further down the path. That's not what I'm saying today. 
I'm stretching us in that direction. I'm leaning in that direction on purpose because our default is to stay comfy. Jesus was described as a friend of sinners and a friend of tax collectors. He hung around with people. He poured his life into people who were very different to him. And do you know what the result was? They became a little bit more like him. Some of them did. Many of them will have stayed exactly as they were. Jesus didn't invest his life in them and walk in the direction they were going. He walked to them, invited them into his world, and their world changed. So as long as we get the balance right with that, we'll be okay. If we find ourselves just being comfortable and, and, and there being no life transformation going on, we're probably not necessarily moving in the direction that God wants us to go. I wonder if we can pray for us and the exciting journeys we've got to go on as we partner together with those either side of us and those in our lives that God is bringing to us.